Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Leon Fontaine. Leon is senior pastor of Springs Church with locations across Canada. He's also been Miracle Channel's CEO since 2010. Leon's teaching will help you develop your own personal relationship with Jesus and walk in his promises. You can watch his program, Leon Fontaine, The Spirit Contemporary Life, weekdays on Miracle Channel. And now, Leon Fontaine will teach on how to bring real change to your life and will explain how to effectively bring the dreams you have to reality. Let's dive into the message. Greatest frustration on the planet is to know what you want to be, to know what you want to do, but never be able to get there. To be frustrated knowing there's something inside of me to, to be great at that. You know, sometimes I took years of music. Um, I think it's something like 10 years of piano. I think I went to grade 8 in piano and 10 years of trumpet and music camp in the summertime and played bass at church for a while. And I've lost it all, so don't be impressed. It's, it's, but there are times I'll sit at a piano. You know when I got this something I'm trying to sing out, there's no way I can get it from here to here. Anyone feel that way? You can hear a saxophone player just working. You kind of go, oh, man, I just want to grab that sax. And there's something in here would love to do sax music, but, but ain't no way it's going to have it here, even though I got something in here I'm trying to get out. There's a frustration in people that I know I could do. I know I could be. Uh, I just can't seem to get there. And this series is going to help people to bring real change real change to your life, which is so hard. Not only do people in the world without Christ struggle with this, but now get this, people who give their lives to Jesus will literally think, I'm messed up because I gave my life to Jesus. I'm believing to go do something, but the things I was struggling with in my life BC before Christ... <laughs> I'm still struggling with after. What is wrong with me? Is, 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 is something that, that, and then if you can't bring change into your life, whether it's healing, moving from stress to peace, moving from wah, wah, being down to joy, moving from where you are financially and, and corporately, that you know you're, that you could rise up and, and run companies and do stuff and you keep hitting whatever kind of change we're talking about this series is the answer we're going to be talking about God's grace and his grace is his power to change anything in our lives you see both from those who are struggling with an addiction to those who are just trying to go to a new level whether it's a new level in your marriage your relationships with God financially, corporately, 
doesn't matter, you know. But if you've got an addiction, for example, many people think this way. Let's, the addiction could be alcohol, smoking, prescription drugs, uh, illegal drugs. Uh, it could be addictive thinking. You habitually are hard on yourself. You habitually are arrogant. You habitually are envious and negative. And there are habitual thoughts that control people. And, and that can be far more frustrating than an addiction to a substance. Because you get up every morning, everywhere you go, there you are. And that's just, ah! <laughs> but let's just pick on an addiction for a minute. The Christian world has thought. That if I'm addicted to this, I just got to have it. And okay, like, but from behavior modification, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that away. And oh, and I'm going to stay away from it. I'm not going to look at it. But anytime I get near it, I want it so bad. And we think that through sheer willpower, that if we can stop doing it, that that's a kind of freedom. But it's not. If you walk away not doing this, whatever this is, but in your heart you crave it and you want it and you feel no pleasure till you get it. Dude, you messed up. And now, and we're all like that. Just so some of you really proud people who are here, because I'm not addicted to cigarettes or alcohol or prescription drugs. Or Then try pride. You have addictive, prideful thinking, okay? <laughs> Whatever it is, there's something that's messing with you. Now, freedom to me is the ability not to... It's not willpower. It's being free. To set it down and to walk away happy, complete, pleasured. Because so many times we're trying. Look at my jacket wet. <laughs> so many times well, there's no other pleasure except this addiction that I've got. It's my only form of pleasure. And I'm looking for newer and greater places of pleasure. You walk away because at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it's not talking about heaven. You walk away at peace. You walk away in joy. You walk away the whole world to experience because an addiction locks you into one thing. That's all you think about. That's all you focus on. That's the only direction you go. You'll miss relationships and family and water skiing and golfing and going to church and, and, and reading and all because of an addiction. It could be an addictive thinking process. It could be an addiction. There's so many out there, and every one of you have, and us, have an addictive personality. God's designed you that way to work on the positive side. So as we talk about the power to change, I'm not talking about your willpower, ramping it up, ramping it up, until, oh, I'm getting more successful. And we want you to use your willpower. We want you to do behavior modification. Like, I don't want to come close to this building if that building holds my temptation. So Proverbs says, walk away. Yes, use your willpower. Yes, modify your behavior. It says you a fool to hang around with people who do things you don't want to because the power of that relationship will pull you into it. So there's lots of great behavior modifications. There's lots of great changes you can do externally. But if we don't, I want to teach you how to change it in here. Because when you change it in here, it's like the pleasure that God wants you to have isn't there. It's in here. And now you walk away not out of sheer gutting it out willpower. You walk away because of a gift that's been given to you. His grace. 
And his grace, the definition of the word grace in the Bible is unmerited favor. I love, and I'll give you a bunch of verses in a minute, but I want to just talk with you. I love the explosion of grace teaching that is going around our planet and waking a religious, legalistic church where everyone's judgmental and analyzing and finger-pointing, if not physically, then internally. I love how grace is rising up and saying, he loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are, but he loves you the way you are. And that's the only focus. God's grace isn't just like mercy where he's just merciful. His grace is unmerited favor. So most of the teaching is on the unmerited part, that he loves you. You sucker, you. <laughs> you know, as messed up as you are, he is absolutely in love with you, wants you. I love that part. But now the favor, unmerited favor, the favor that God brings into your life, these favors are all of his promises. And there's a promise for every need you've got. There's a promise for every desire you've got. His, God's desire for you is to become like him. <clears throat> What'd you say? We're, we're not God. No, I didn't say you should be God. But you should desire to be like him. And in every way. Morally, and we all get the morally thing because that's what's been nailed at us from preaching pulpits for decades. But morally, financially, relationally, emotionally, physically, corporately. Do you know that when we talk about God, it is like life without measure, super abundantly above all that we can ask or think. When you start talking about the desire that is in each of us, maybe your frustration is, is you're bumping into a ceiling that you can't get past. And, and, and you, you've gotten great victory over addictive things and even maybe addictive thinking, but you can't seem to get into that next level that you feel is for you relationally or corporately or in your own head. Now, what's stopping you from going there isn't God. And it isn't the devil, that little fallen angel. Come on. It is simply, and I'm going to show you in the Word, the belief systems of your heart and your head. Because God, and when you talk about being like God and want, desiring to be like Him... He is all for it. In Romans 8, 29, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate, I'll explain the words in a minute, to be conformed to the image of his Son, that it might be the firstborn among many brethren. All right, all right. In everybody here is a desire to be like Jesus, to be like God. That's not a bad thing. Jesus was prosperous and blessed and highly favored in every area. Protected and healthy and great relationships and untrickable, unkillable. Knew the will of God frontwards and backwards because of the time he spent. Jesus is amazing. We, we are designed to desire to be like God. Wherever 
anybody is today in any area of your life, relationally, sexually, financially, peace, joy, uh, it's a, wherever you are, there's a desire in you for more. Yeah, we got to bind that thing and be happy with where we are. No! Wrong. Eh. That desire in you is to help you to rise up and to go do and to go be and to enjoy what he's given, to laugh and love life, to have a purpose of touching people and changing this world. And the further you get in life, the more you should be able to do for him, relationally, physically. Try to help people when you're, not, when you're so sick, you can't lift your head. Try to help people when you're so poor, you haven't got a brain cell left that can even pay attention. Try to help anybody when your relationships are so messed up, the pain, which is more brutal than any other area, is so messed up relationally, the hurt and the heartache and the abandonment or whatever you're going through, it just, the enemy knows it ends you to be a usable by God. So when Jesus in John 10, 10 says, I came to give you life and more abundantly, he means everything. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it's a shocker, and all of us with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor. Everything in your life is going to be splendid, walking in splendor. Then it says, and from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from self-control. No. For this comes from discipline. No, but we like you being self-controlled and disciplined. What does it come from? The Lord, who is the Spirit. He's not in heaven sitting on a throne. His Spirit permeates your life, your relationships, your body, your mind. Everywhere you go, it fills the recesses of everything that goes on around your world. And all of this power, all of this energy resides in Christ, in His name. And as you believe and get into God's Word, you become who you is not who you're not. I love this verse because it says that we must behold in God's word. You know, you can see me looking at this mirror. But when I turn it around, you see words. Why? Because God's word is the only mirror that gets you accurately. Your mama doesn't get you like the word of God gets you. Sorry, mama. Your papa don't get you like the word of God gets you. He can try. I had great mama. I got a great papa. And they raised me phenomenally. I got great kids. I hope I've done a great job. But I know right now, I don't have a snowball chance in hell of raising my kids with what they need from the master teacher and father God. I want to make sure they don't just rely on me as to who they are and where they're going. I'll fail miserably at helping them get to where they can. But boy, when they begin to look into God's word who created them and stop reading it like it is a, uh, a book full of rules and read it like it is, this is who I am. If this verse is telling you that when you behold the God's word, you should see who you are. Most people see what they're not. And your whole world 
is wah, wah. I'm not like this and I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, if I read the Bible, because it's the good book, sure shows me all the problems in my life. Would you quit? You want a nervous breakdown? You want to be killed? Then read the word of God like it's law and just keep judging yourself. Or read it and see what it is that you are. See who you are. Now, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, in this series, do not miss a Sunday on it. I'm telling you, this, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, now you know this verse, old things passed away. When someone goes to be with Jesus, we call it, they passed away. Old things in your life passed away. And behold, a few things became new. No, all things become new. Now we got to look at that because if you were bald before you got saved, it didn't help your hair after you got saved. If you were a few pounds overweight before, it didn't miraculously drop off and give you a brand new body. If your mind liked ice cream and the woman you're married with, it didn't stop doing that once you got saved. But there's a part of you called your spirit. And this spirit man is the real you. And your spirit man, when you said, Jesus, come into my life. I give myself to you. It went and he filled you up with incredible power. Everything you will need till you're 120 and past is in you. All things, Peter says, that pertain to life and godliness, to be like him, to have all that you need to function in any situation, to overcome any attack, it's all in him and he's in you. Someone's thinking like I'm thinking, well, then where is it? If it's in here, I need it out here. If it's in here, I want it out where my mind and my relationships and, and my addictions and my help. That's exactly what we're talking about. This spirit man, you, is alive with the life of God. Verse after verse comes back to your mind like greater is he who is in you. And he who was in the world. It doesn't say greater is he in the heavens than he who was in the world. It doesn't say greater is he who was on the cross. Oh, that's a great revelation. It's greater is he who is in you. And the greatest frustration for both unbelievers and believers alike is how do I change? Oh, pastor, I can do sheer willpower and change and stop. But man, I got this and this. I can put 14 glasses up here. I'm all trying to stay away from right now, trying to live. And your whole life is spinning these plates. When Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When you gave your life to Jesus, he came into your spirit man. And it also says, both in the old and in the new, that he gave you a new heart. Now, your heart is simply where your spirit and your mind meet, okay? Now, here's why so many people are conflicted. Your spirit man says, man, I love Jesus. He's amazing. I'm a born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-humping, tongue-talking, devil-stomping, child of the king. It's just oozing out of you. But your brain's going, I'm a loser, and I'm fat and ugly and disfigured and bow-legged, and I got zits on my face and my hair. I can't seem to go where I want it, and, and everyone else is smarter than me, and I don't seem to fit in here. Like just wah, wah. Whatever's been grilled into your mind meets your spirit, and it kind of goes, 
And people start thinking you've got two natures. In fact, some Christians believe that. You don't. You have one nature that comes from your spirit. And when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, it's there. But you do need to renew your mind. And you need to protect and change what's going on in your heart. The beautiful news is, is that this grace, it's power. He doesn't expect you to do it on your own. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Leon Fontaine. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.